This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. All right, final segment. We're about to tap out here in a little while on the BetQL Network, but we're talking fighting until then with producer Jake Nowaker and a surprise co-host, Brendan Tobin, on the sports machine, Sean Levine. What are you doing over there? Well, why are you freaking out? Yeah. Oh man, don't worry about it. But, yeah, don't worry but, about it. I can't. I, that's, right. hey, that's, uh, here. NFA. Good. Okay. Good. All right. Um, I do need your advice though, because I got my fantasy draft. Boot. I got a big night, so I got to do the final segment of this show. Dinner plans with okay. the girl. Go to see Vanilla Same Ice. Days. In between all that, Ooh. man, I got a fantasy football draft. Twelve team league. I'm sitting on pick number nine. I'm basically hell bent. I'm taking a wide receiver. Who do you think I should take? Like, if I got my pick of the lip, who do you think I should grab? First of all, I just want to say, whoever's doing a fantasy draft on Saturday night, very selfish of you. That's a weeknight. Oh, night, I know. You My know? commissioner's the worst. That's that's terrible. What what, what is he like? A CEO? Like what, what what's with doing the the Saturday? We got things to do on Saturday night. Uh pick of the litter, wide receiver. I will go with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. That is the incorrect answer, sir. What are you talking about? You don't believe that. Brandon, I do believe stop. that, you dude. Don't, you don't he's believe so good, dude. Brandon, did you know how good he was? I live in I Kansas City. I cover the Kansas City Chiefs. I interview Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I've talked to Tyreek Hill. I'm, dude. Come on. Do I know how what good are you, he was? They're gonna give him the ball so much, dude. He's gonna get the ball so much. Okay, then why is his over under for receiving yards only at 999? Because people hate Tua, so and I'm telling, dude, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, all these Eagles receivers that were at joint practice this week, they're like, whoa, this guy's like a lot better than Jalen Hurts. And I know like Jalen Hurts ain't like he ain't Dan Marino, that ain't the bar. But they were all like, Jake, uh, Jake was sitting, he was like, Oh, dude, Jalen Hurts could be way better than two. He ain't. I'm telling you, dude, this offense is gonna be awesome and Tyreek Hill is gonna get the ball so much. Yeah, I mean, that's arguing who's going to be the 18th best quarterback in the league and who's going to be the 21st if you're talking about the Jalen Hurts versus Tua argument. If you want to get back to the Patrick Mahomes conversation, I'll go ahead and take the microphone right there, and it's call-out time. Let's get back to Tyree Kill, who had some more words for my beloved Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes and talking about Tua. Bro, we live rent-free in this guy's head. I don't. Nobody in the history of the world has ever gone to Miami and missed Kansas City. And I love Kansas City, except Tyree Kill. He somehow went from the plains to the beach, and all of a sudden, he's unhappy. And all he can think about and talk about is being in Kansas City. So I'm calling you out, Tyree Kill, bro. Keep saying what you want, but you know damn well that you got no chance to win a ring where you are and where you left from. We're probably going to win a couple of more without you. 
All right. I mean, it's your call out. I'm not going to argue with it because. You what know, do you got? The microphone silly. is yours. My call out's on the Eagles for, for for poisoning the Dolphins because they whooped the Dolphins whooped them so bad in practice this week. And this AJ Brown, what a baby! Because Tyree Kill took Darius Slay's ankles, and they so a Miami reporter tweets this out right, and it got like two million views on Twitter. And he responds to it, and he goes, "No, show us cooking their DBs." Which, by the way, the only video was AJ Brown pushing off Xavier Howard. Definitely cheated. So I, I, why he's lashing out at that, I don't know. But he clearly responded by poisoning the Dolphins. That's how he did it. Because they canceled practice for a non-COVID illness, which we all thought was a lie. But turns out they were all hugging the bull because they got food poisoning. Very convenient. When have you ever heard of an entire team getting food poisoning? Conveniently after they let an opponent into their facility? Very fishy to me. And I don't like the way Philadelphia rolls with that. And this was their response to getting embarrassed. Disgraceful. Speaking of food poisoning and fishy, I had some bad uh, shrimp fettuccine Alfredo a couple of nights ago. So Ooh. don't I know all about that? Don't I know all about even that? Good fetti- right, even uh, good fettuccine Alfredo will get you. Well, you're not supposed to microwave it apparently six Ooh. days afterwards. And I didn't know that it was that old. So shame on my girlfriend you should for just letting call me it. do that. Yeah, he'll call out you. All right. That's a terrible choice. Pretty gross. Um, it was also pretty nasty what happened last Saturday night to one Kamaru Usman. It took a while, but eventually Leon kicked his head right off his body. Let's talk favorite head kicks of all time here for a minute because I was thinking, you know, those used to be very rare. You'd see every now and again a guy or a gal put a Holly home on a Ronda Rousey. But recently, and I'm talking very recently, I mean, just last night we saw – DJ, not necessarily a leg, but using a flying knee. Your guy, Mazadal, the most famous flying knee in the history of the world. Cheeto Vara kicked Dominic Cruz, broke his nose just a couple of weeks ago. And then, of course, we saw Leon Edwards put his foot on the dome of one Kamaru Usman. First of all, do you have a favorite? And second, and you can use a knee, a foot, whatever, a leg. And second, but maybe it's maybe it's an Anderson Silva kick. But also, Mirko Kokop, Krokop, he said, it feels like they're much more in vogue. Like, instead of the knockout with the right overhand or the spinning back fist, which we've seen some also, the elbows have gave way to the knees and legs the last couple of years. Uh, I actually was going to go with an Anderson Silva one because his on Vitor Belfort is, like, legendary. I love that one. Legendary. Uh, and then espe- especially Steven Seagal taking credit for it afterwards. That's one of my favorite U- uh, UFC MMA memories. It was amazing. Also, by the way, Vitor also having the one to Leo to Machida. Vitor has got a tough resume when it comes to this stuff with getting kicked right in the face. So I would say uh, those are two of my favorites. Um, But yeah, you listen, we've definitely been in the haven for it lately because between Chito, who's been like, that's become his thing recently with the, with the head kick KO. And now this Chandler, Tony Ferguson. Yep. 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 It does feel like for whatever reason we've seen, a lot of those recently. Um, so let's talk about the status of Kamaru Usman because it feels like literally this time last week, I was asking you, is there any chance that Usman loses to Leon? And you were saying, nah, it can't happen. Usman's too good. He's protected the belt too many times. And you were calling me weak and saying that I should make the bet. Now, I'll admit, I am weak and I did not make the bet. And when I saw Usman go down, I was thinking to myself, bro, do you know how good I would feel right now if I could be yelling at my TV and actually had money Amazing. on it? So. I wish I had a bigger pair, but I don't. Congratulations to everybody that bet Leon, especially if you live bet Leon coming into that last round and pat yourself way on the back if you had him by knockout. I don't know anybody that did. All of that being said, now that that happened, where do you think 
we put Usman in the GOAT status now? Because it felt like we were ready to say maybe he's there with John Jones and Khabib and GSP, whoever you think's on that short list. Can we still say that after he got kicked in the head? Uh, yeah, I think that he's definitely in, in the argument for one of the greatest of all time. He's not, I mean, this, he's got to go get this back, but if you're saying his career ended today, does he eclipse GSP? Probably not because I think one of the things that's special about GSP was able to go avenge the losses that he did and beat the people who have beat him. So I think that's part of the special part of George St. Pierre's career. So I think right now, if you had to power rank him. He's behind him, but I don't think this is an unclimbable, uh, unclimbable mountain for him to get back in there. But I do think that, yeah, when John comes back, he's going to realize that he is uh, he's he's the man. And then we're all going to remember that this guy is, you know, probably the best fighter to ever do it. But, yeah, th- when you lose like that and you lose that late, it's it's such a it's such an interesting time. Like people are always going to remember that because it's one of these things that gets shared over the Internet a gazillion times. And that's not necessarily the case like when GSP got head kicked by Matt Sarah. Like that's not – it doesn't live in lore like it does virally. Um, it's almost like, oh, you have to harken back to the legendary days of uh, 2007. You know, like it's you have, to, you have to really, really reach back there to get it. So it hurts him for now, but I don't think it's something that he can't erase. I still had a BlackBerry, so I couldn't watch those videos. That I didn't have those capabilities back in 2007. Um all right, so I'm with you overall. Like, I think that Usman, he, he, when they run it back, by the way, the odds makers love Kamaru's chances, and I'm with them there. The early odds, minus 325 for Kamaru Usman. Leon, who is the champion, at plus 285 win, and if that happens, I assume it will probably at some point in the next six months, year, depending on how long Usman needs to take off. It's crazy because we keep talking about it from Usman's perspective. What if Leon beats him again in the rematch? I'm not saying he gets into the greatest of all time conversation, but he, he if he beats him two out of three times and we think Usman's a top five all-time fighter, where does it place Leon? We can talk about that as uh, we roll on. Yeah, we'll, go, go ahead. No, I was just saying it kind of puts him like that Volkanovsky place, right? Like everybody was considering Max maybe one of the best, maybe the best featherweight champion of all time or right there with Jose. And now he's beaten him three times. Like where do you put a guy like Volkanovsky who – Hasn't, I think, got the footing yet to have the historical perspective. But, man, I mean, you're always going to have that on your resume. No, that's a perfect comparison. By the way, Volk is the new pound-for-pound pound number one, followed by Charles Oliveira, Stylebender, Usman Feldo four, Nganu five, Leon six. Yuri Prohaska comes in at number seven. Figueredo comes in at number eight. And then Poirier and Aljamain Sterling actually uh, tied for number nine. So that's your top ten right now as far as pound-for-pound. Pound. Before we get out of here... Let's spin the wheels forward and take a preview of what's going on at UFC Paris next week. First, the co-main event, Marvin Vittori takes on friend of the show, Robert Whitaker. Bro, this should be a pick em fight. And right now, you can get two-to-one money on Marvin Vittori. What am I missing here? I love Robert Whitaker, but I'm betting Vittori. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
I would guess what you're missing here is that people really look at Rob a lot like people look at Colby Covington in that if it wasn't for Israel Adesanya, he would be the middleweight champion. He would be the best middleweight on earth. And I don't think people look at Marvin Vittori the same way. Um, and I think that, look, Rob is a guy who's got good takedown defense. He's a very dangerous fighter coming in. I feel like Marvin's going to have to kind of get in there to get those takedowns. So I think that's what we're probably looking at here. Um, I just think that Rob's a little bit better of a fighter all around. Damn it. That's another good comparison. I didn't know you had a minion, brother. Although I don't think Robert Whitaker's quite at that point. Like the last time out against Izzy, he didn't have much of a chance at all. So, so no, his I losses always... to Izzy way more lopsided than Colby's were to Usman. Although to be fair, Vittorius is pretty one-sided too. So if you try to play that MMA math game, you always come out with the wrong answer. The main event that night, Cyril Gon takes on Ty Tuivasa. We spent a lot of time on this one only because Cyril Gon, I mean, bro, you got to pay for him. He's coming in as about a minus 650, minus 670, depending on where you bet. You can get plus 400, four to one on Bam Bam. I like your rationale, not going too deep into it. Just saying, look, both these guys are really good. They're both top five fighters but they're heavyweights, so anything could happen. You want to talk about good value? It's next week, 4-1 to one on Tai Tuivasa. I like to. And also, I just don't like betting against Tai Tuivasa. I feel like it's uh, right? it's just not the right fan thing to do. He's like the most fan-friendly fighter there is. I want to see him drink out of his shoe. Why am I going to bet against that? And especially if I can get that kind of a value for a knockout artist. Has he ever beaten anybody like Sirogan? No. Is it illogical? No. Have not been made fun of all show for it? Sure. But I think I'm still going to bet on Bam Bam because I want to. He, he is Brendan Tobin. Thanks to producer Jake Noaker and good friend of the show, Manfred Joss. Appreciate you checking us out. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. We'll, text, we'll talk to you next Saturday night right here on the BetQL Network.